Hello and welcome to the Dance of the Soul. I'm Natasha Venter, psychic medium, personal awareness life coach, and I was named the other day uh, a bridge between dimensions and realities. <laughs> so I kind of thought that would kind of fit in a way. So with that, that I wanted to say welcome whoever's here now or in the future listening, because this stuff that we talk about can be, even though we mention a date and that kind of thing, it's kind of universal timing. Even if we mention a full moon or an equinox, you just apply it to the next one. So with that, that uh, my partner here in the Dance of Soul is Regan Forston. He is a hypnotherapist with the Newton Institute and a very well-rounded, well-adverse, um, uh, what's another word, um, gifted, know. Uh, in just being a very loving, kinding soul who has witnessed life very many times over, Regan Forston is um, my partner here with us on Mondays at four o'clock Pacific time on uh, Facebook and YouTube. We love to help you know that our soul is something that even though we're here in this lifetime, and a lot of people don't really appreciate the life that we're living now for all that it's here to teach us and show us. And our soul does go through many different lifetimes, zillions, as far as, you know, there's some that are, you know, less than a zillion, some are more than a zillion, uh, you know, just to put a number out there. I know that I'm a very, very old soul. And I know Regan is in the very much of the older soul category that we all kind of witness ourselves going through different lifetimes. And many times our past lives can really make a difference on how this one works. But we kind of kind of come into this world with amnesia. As I was hearing the other day on another radio station, and there are some words that I'm going to kind of, you know, snag from there because they're words that I know, but it triggered those knowings in me. And that's where a lot of times the shows kind of trigger reality. And, you know, we kind of come in with just this not knowing of where we're at and what we're doing, but our souls know things and they get awakened through these lifetimes. And that's where you know, helping realize where our past life soul walk has done can help us and move forward. And I know that Regan, doing the hypnosis with the Newton Institute, you have come across many people who, and yourself, because you've done it yourself. I've actually done hypnosis too. I go through hypnosis a little different than a lot of people do, I think, in a way that, you know, with my mediumship that it's, you know, I can put myself there in a heartbeat. But um, and me, with me being remembering being born and that kind of stuff, I almost feel like I've gone through a life death experience because of the fact that I'm so available to be there. So with that, that Regan, you, I'm grateful that you can give your perspective of what you've witnessed in your lifetime. And we're going to talk about angels and, and guides and who are they and how do they really work with us today? Yeah. Yeah, well, Natasha and I have gotten the same information, but just on a different uh, path, you know, where Natasha has this uh, intuitive side and and knowing and can communicate directly with the angels and guides. Um, I did it through hypnosis, uh, like for the Newton Institute. We've done this with about 70,000 people now. Two, I'm one of 250 around the world, 46 countries. And so we're just researchers. So I've been to the other side and back twice. So I get some of my knowledge and everything from personal experience and the other from my clients that 
go to the other side and spend a few hours and come back. So um, both of us has had <clears throat> with Natasha, she um, like Natasha, if you were an artist, you could probably paint. Could, do you see them that clearly that you could paint these uh, guys? Yes, I, I do. And, and that's the thing about us who are in, I'm psychic, intuitive, you know, who see things like I see it like a movie screen. Like if I had my third eye was the, the, um, the theater, mm -hmm. the projector. Thank you for that word. The projector, I would see the screen on the back of my head. And, mm -hmm. and I think it's because I'm dyslexic. So I have different ways of knowing things, but so whatever I'm seeing in quotation marks, you know, out there i'm actually seeing here so when i see like archangel azarel who i work with and he's the angel of um time and matter and uh he helps people cross over that i see him here but i also see him like in a movie screen back here where i can paint him i know how he is i i see his oh god talk about beauty <laughs> oh magnificent and uh, now, there's no words show up the same to you every time or do you see him does he appear to you differently uh, like he's like us humans you know it depends on what he's going through who he's helping what is his his energy field he looks like him like like people have always said for natasha you really haven't changed over the years you know and so i have kept my my the way that I look, but I've matured, I've, I've shifted and changed. And so has he, okay. when he works with somebody, he shifts and changes his energy field to help them. And so with that, that he, he stays himself yet. He changes where he's at, you know, kind of like us sometimes when we have our pajamas on and our hair pulled up, you yeah. know, uh -huh. you know, we look different than if we have our, our best look on. You know, type it, of thing. It basically, he doesn't change enough so that you wouldn't recognize him. Oh, in other words, yeah. always that way. Yeah, because <clears throat> I'd always, I'd wondered. I think in the research, um, it'd be interesting to see, um, like, say, uh, Mike Angel Arkel, Archangel Michael. There we go. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> if, if he appears to everybody exactly the same, or if they see him as you know all individually different. You know, I wondered that sometimes because my the the guy when my clients are on the other side, the guides that come to them and they're describing them to me, um, you know, it, all range of guys. Some of them just show up as, as a ball of energy mm -hmm. that, they, that they're able to communicate. And so I'll say, well, what does let's start speaking to this ball of energy and see if we can get a name. And then a name comes and then we, you know, communicate that way. But most of the time they're they appear in some sort of human form or a hybrid of human form. In other words, kind of half energy, half, half like, in other words, uh, I just wondered if they know uh, how, like my clients, if they appear to my clients in a way that my clients will accept them, you know? Yes. Because, now, uh, yeah. And I mean, I'm going to use an example of, um, of Mother Mary. Yeah. Now, Mother Mary will come to people looking totally different than, you know, like she might come to someone who believes more in the, the Native American as white calf buffalo woman, but she's Mother Mary. Hmm. She comes to me in, in 
a very motherly look where someone who is very religious may come in the the gar the the regalia i'm going to call it or the 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 character of her time because that's how they accept her yeah so now like archangel michael he'll come to me in cowboy boots you know if you ever watch the movie michael that yeah. john travolta did yeah that was a that's good how michael comes to me now there's sometimes when somebody really needs him he'll come in his white wings and in his armament and don't mess with this person yeah you know, so he comes that's the thing is but yet if you look at his face he's still this face now he may be in a joking face with me sometimes but when he's serious he's serious so with that, that it's their character that they do come to us and how we, you know, like when I first knew Michael, he came a little bit more stricter dressed than he does now because we've gained a, I'm willing to see him in his, his Sunday attire, you know, yeah. you know, couch attire type of thing. And so with, with that, but, you know, I can tell you though, that that like when I see past loved ones come now they'll come in different time zones. Like when they first cross over, they may they come to me maybe as they are at that age. And then another six months, they may come to me at, at a primer age. Yeah. Well, you know, like when I was on the other side, both times I saw my mom, the first time she was like what she looked like when she passed away, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and then the second time, which was about, three years later when i went back just recently my mom i just it was my mom but she was like uh dressed like they dressed in the 1950s like she looked like 35 40 years old yeah you when know, her there. when it was her fun time when it was her prime time yeah. so yeah. um i can see that's why guides and everything just depending on the situation and them assessing the situation that we need would appear to us uh mm -hmm. in, you know different ages and differently and so forth so that but, makes and and when we're on the other side when we're when we've crossed over let's say and all we see is light but we recognize them as light yeah. beings and yeah. so we don't need the skin that we see now us being human on this lifetime yeah. we do recognize because that's what we do to i guess make us comfortable you know my dad comes as light i know him as light you know, because I've always known him as light. Well, it's interesting because we recognize people different ways. Sometimes we recognize people just by their voice. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we could see him walking a, a mile away, but because of the way they walk, you would know who that is. So there's different ways of... Uh, of, uh, of recognizing right? smell. Yeah. You know, that kind of well, thing. You think about it too, like my mom, the, uh, I saw her as I see her in this life, but as soul, she's had many faces, you know, uh, in yes. Incarnation. So, um, you know, uh, it just seems that when, when my clients are over there, that they see these souls in and, um, uh, you know, generally will see them in, in a familiar way, you know, a way that they're that you know, maybe their mom's younger or or whatever, but they still see them that they remember them from this lifetime. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that just makes things less complicated and it's easier to uh, communicate, uh, you know, on that way. But um, I think that's what makes this experience so real is that people, you know, the physics on the other side is different than here. So, um, 
like when when Rebazar, who was my guide, I actually can't say that I saw him as clear as I'm looking at you or me on the screen right now, but he was he was always in my periphery, like, and I knew he was there. And it was like a like someone just put a piece of cellophane between the two of us. Mm-hmm. So that it wasn't crystal clear that way. But and that and some people can call that the veil. Yeah. The veil because of the fact that maybe if you saw him as he was, it would be too startling. Yeah, maybe. Too well, empowering. His energy might have been too empowering, too yeah, overwhelming I, for you. When I help clients and what I experience on the other side is we all get to go before our council. Uh, people, they're like life coaches that, uh, you know, spiritual life coaches that can answer questions about our current life and our mission and so forth. And give us answers to like you know why why do we decide to be born what do we hope to learn uh why are other people in our life and they get the answers to a lot of those questions um but on the council late c who i call him he's an uh, uh, uh in this worldly plane uh Ekankar, uh claims them as one of the uh, their ek masters or descended masters mm-hmm. so i'd seen pictures of him before but that's how he appeared to me there but he's the one that's all joyful joyful and 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 just happy and you know it's like man he'd be the life of any party he went to you know mm-hmm. uh, with his joy and he, he, he uh, uh, with him I could almost uh, paint a portrait you know especially the what he was wearing how colorful and everything it was uh, in that too so um, and um, I have had um, recently uh, the guide showed up as a shark fin for one of my clients. You know, yes. he was communicating with a, a shark fin, you know, but it was uh, and I, I I really forget now. But we asked the guide why he showed up that way. And there was an answer for that that made sense to my client, you mm-hmm. know, uh, that way. So, um, you know, um, it's just interesting. But people when people are in this state uh, of this very relaxed state that most people can achieve um, when they're on the other side, um, you, you know, like if they were in the totally awake state and they saw a shark fin do that, they'd go, oh, this is crazy. But when they're in that state, they, it's real to them. You know, mm-hmm. in other words, they, they don't hit, like when they see their, someone that like, I'll say, oh, is your mom in your soul group there that you're seeing? They go, oh yes, there's my mom. And I said, well, just kind of go over to her or float over however you're going to do there in front of her and then have a conversation with her and then let me know when you're done and we'll put it on the recording. Um, and then I'll say, what does your mom look like? And without hesitation, sometimes they'll just say, oh, she's, she's this purple and there's, there's violet and there's yellow. <laughs> and they're just like if she was standing in front in human form, but in that state, uh-huh. they're only recognized in their mom in this, uh, as this energy, you know? Uh, so, um, it's, uh, it's interesting. And the place of recreation up there that we've discovered uh, the last few of my clients have actually requested they read Michael Newton's books and they know about that. And they said, I want to see what that's like up there. And um, it's so much fun to see my clients just start laughing or smiling when they're in this place. And I say, what's going on? And a lot of times the last one, it was like they were playing tag like, but it was like these ener- balls of energy, different colors, just shoo, shoo, zooming by. And it was just very playful, you know, like, <laughs> tag or something, you know. Exactly. Uh, but that's yeah. the thing is, is that men, a lot of us uh, don't recognize when we're getting support. Like there's many times where I'm laying in my bedroom and I see orbs in my room. 
you know, and they're colorful. Now I can have a different knowing between the fairies, the elemental balls of orbs because, and, or the angelic orbs. And that's the thing is, is that when we're talking about energy and that that's when the energy of like angels or, or guides can create, you know, like a lot of our guides, if we see them out of the corner of our eye, we may see them as dark because of the fact that they, they don't want to take the energy from us to, to create light. But they're they're light. It's just they're they they don't want to. It takes a lot of energy to create that vision. Well, that's why so, some. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Well, I heard uh, a few people say that like they woke up at night and there was this dark energy in the room, and of course, dark they they assume it's the devil or something uh, awful. But mm-hmm. I've never heard it explained the way you just explained it that sometimes <clears throat> they're just there, but they're not in their full light, so they could appear dark. Um, so how does someone distinguish between uh, a, uh, um, a negative entity like dark in the room or uh, it's, you know, just a regular, you know, uh, angel that's in the room that's, you know, I mean, how they describe, how would someone discern between the darknesses of which was good and which was not? Which one was bad? Okay. So for me, I had an experience when I was pregnant with my first child that I had a being who stood at the end of my bed. And the first thing that, and I wasn't, I still was my shy, quiet selves, but I had knowings. I've always been intuitive, but it was took my mom passing for me to get kicked out of my own comfort zone to, to become who I am today. So with that, that, that when I was there, okay, so we instinctively first feel fear. We'll feel the fear when we first see something out of the corner of our eye. Yeah. That is a natural experience. That's a natural knowing. But the times when I have been with someone and they go, there's somebody there. Then, and I go, okay, let's stop and breathe. Let's check in. Now that you have slowed down, what was the feeling that you got from that person or that energy? Oh, it felt childish. We go, okay. So it was a child. Now I'm checking in myself. So I know how to guide this person, but going in and, and, and seeing what that person is, you know, going in and, and if you can wake up, And then start slowing down your breathing and asking, okay, who's here? And then if we can go from our mind to our heart, to our gut, what does the gut tell us? Okay. First off, ask, are you here for my greater good? And if you get that, like almost that icky taste in your mouth, that icky, there's, there's, there's right. no there's no doubt when you have evil in your room, you know it because you get icky feelings. You get that icky taste. You get that icky. It's the it's the negative goosebumps. And when we have something more positive, we kind of go into the oh, I know I have a OK. 
You know, there's that kind of relaxedness when we know that it was for our greater good. But now when I've worked with, I was working with a student at school who she's very intuitive. And, and so she's pulling a lot of beings to her. And so she had to decipher, discern what was greater and what was not. And so the first thing I said, if you don't like it, tell them to leave. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad because the good will come back to you. And that's the thing is, is that the good will come to you and the good will talk to you in a loving way. They'll, they'll give you a calmer feel to them. And sometimes they'll kind of sneak around corners to say, I'm not offensive to you. Now, I, w- I was going back to the story. I was pregnant with my first child and I had a being who was at the end of my bed. And I sat up saying, you're not taking my child. Because of the fact that there was a moment where I saw darkness. Mm. And it wasn't like the, the figure was, was grayish dark, but I saw darkness in the being. And I knew that that being wasn't there for my, great, my child's greater good. Now, I can tell you that my first child is one of those gems. He, is, he was a scout for a lot of the souls. He is one that can walk into a room and, and bring love and kindness. He is one that when he was four years old would help me take care of my mother who had Lou Gehrig's disease. Like when I was really tired and done and cooked and, and my mom would be wanting to move her arm because she couldn't move because of Lou Gehrig. Oh, mom, I'll go do that for you. And he used to lay in bed with her and just give her kindness. And he just was always this, you know, he's one that he's meant to walk through this world with kindness and love. I've noticed that about some children, you know, some seem to be totally into themselves. And then there are some children, um, like uh, two of my grandchildren that I have, they're totally looking out for everybody else. And um, uh, one of them, what do you say? Like with the tooth fairy, you know, he gave money to the tooth fairy instead of the tooth fairy giving money to him. You know, I might need the money for somebody else. So the money out for the tooth fairy. Uh-huh. Well, you know. and there's, and but if you notice that they're not doing it to where they're taking away from their happiness either. Right. You yeah. know, they, there's a balance between the give and the take, but they also see that there's this, and that's my child. So I, there was something when I was carrying that child that I knew that, that there was, that this child had a purpose to being in this world. And when, when that happened, it was, it was a dark time for us in our marriage and stuff like that. So the doorway was kind of open and I was working through some stuff in that lifetime. Um, during that, during that lifetime, during that time in my life. So with that, that there was that moment, but you, when you know that there's something dark now, my, my second child in, in, in her room, I would walk in and I would I, I would see out of the corner of my eye dark three dark beings. And at first I went because <gasps> at this time I'm still kind of figuring out, you know, I know things, but I'm still trying to figure them yeah. out. And so that's why I'm talking about this. And I and I had to stop. And I go, okay, wait a minute. First reaction was fear. <sighs> Breathe. Oh, now I see a top hat. Now I see this and I see that. And I noticed that these were the guides for my child. And they, they've been, they've been with her for a long time. They've been his, 
her guides for a long time. And that's the thing is, is that working through that moment of first fear is the thing because there is a lot of darkness out there. There's a lot of dark beings out there, but it's like I, I told this one child, one student at school, I said, own your, your space. This is my space. No, only love and light is in this space. Everybody else get the mm, out of my room. Right. You know, and it's that empowerment. And when we can do that, that's part of the, the kicking out of the bad or the good. And, you know, because many times we stand in fear and we misinterpret who is really there. But that's why sometimes our guides will come in with a smell first or they'll come in with with a um, a loving feeling. That's why Mother Mary, sometimes you'll smell roses when she's around. So she doesn't scare you. Uh-huh. coming in now the angels and mother mary have have light in them so they won't necessarily be dark but it's the guides that tend to be a little bit darker because it takes a lot of energy to be light well that's good to know yeah in the seventy thousand cases we've had we've not really had what we would call a negative experience with any dark entities but we have had a few times where people thought that they were the a dark entity or something. But then we did like what you said, where we had them just slow down for a minute. Let's just think for a minute. Let's get a little bit closer and let's see what this really is. So you're totally safe. Let's just go see. And when they would get a little closer, then they would either laugh or go, oh, you know, what? like I say, I told on the show before, one of them was uh, his guide, you know, uh, that was dressed up as a or had a costume on of, uh, of a devil. So he said, well, I'm just trying to scare the hell out of you like you've been doing to your uh, parishioners for 10 years. <laughs> and so, uh, but um, that's the thing too, is these, uh, and sometimes I think these dark energies are what people see are a reflection of something within themselves that's mirroring yes. them, you know, yeah. or something they need to look at. So there's, it's it's hard to just go black and white. This is that, you know. You Nothing have is black and white. There's a whole yeah. lot of gray when you're talking about the universe of love. Right. You, you know, know. it's amazing now with these new pictures that they published from, uh, hey, Kimberly. Hello, Kimberly. She's got a last name almost like my first name. Yep, exactly. I was noticing that too. Um, so um, in my experience so far with all the people I've helped to visit heaven and come back, go back and forth the other side, uh, they've always had um, very pleasant experiences with their guides. What's interesting is throughout their session, I'll ask them like if they're before council or at their soul group, uh, like when they're before council and the council's answering their questions and things about their life, I'll say, is your guide still there? And they, they go, yeah. And I said, well, in relation to where you're standing now, where's your guide? And most of the time, they're to the back, to the right, a few times to the left. But the guides always seem to just be there, just, you know, not interacting at all, just kind of being there with you, you know, while you have your experience. And then uh, uh, when they're done, then, you know, because we there, since we've identified like eight places over there so far that people can go. Um, and, of course, the, the council and the soul group is the the other big one where um like where the council say, well, now my client would like to visit their soul group, these souls that they incarnate with their buddies, their friends that they spend a lot of time in lifetimes with. And can we go there? And they always say yes. And so then instantly my clients are there and the guides there just kind of observing again. Um, 
and then um, people get to have conversations with not only the people that have already died and gone to the other side, but they get to talk to the higher selves of the people that are still alive in this life and have deep conversations with them about their relationships and about, you know, how are they like the husbands and wives talk to each other in their soul self and say, hey, how am I doing? You know, mm -hmm. uh, is there anything I, that you need? And they have these great conversations, you know, but the guide is, you know, always there, just ready to say, okay, you're done here. Let me take you to the next place, you know. And, and that that's, that's the thing when I'm in a meditation, a lot of times I ask for the guide to come to me that is better suited with out of the end out of the i always add on the guides that are here for my greater love yeah that because i want to i want to bring in the love guides now i'm willing to work with um with some darkness you, you know there's the fae that that are really good at working helping with depression and the darkness i'm willing to work with darkness but when i'm doing a meditation i want to feel safe and so that's when I do, I call in the guides of, of love. And many times it could be an alligator that comes and guides me. It could yeah. be a fae that comes and guides me. It could be a rhinoceros. It could be an angel. It could be um, Peter, Joe, Mary, Pop, you know, you know, Duro or whoever it is. Yeah. And, and many times our guides are not connected to our names either or names to be now Archangel Michael and, and Azrael and, and Raphael and Gabriel and all those angels and mother Mary and, and many of them, you know, they do have a name that they tend to, to stick with like your guide, you know, he, he does stick with that name. And a lot of my guides, like I work with St. Peter, and St. Peter has been Peter for many lifetimes, you know, because that's who he is in his being. Now, yeah. my name has changed many different lifetimes, but yet at the same time, it always has had a ring like it does now. Natasha, it, it's always had, you know, I, I don't really see myself being like the norm name in many ways. And talking about names, uh, Kimberly has said, um, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That's gonna be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it funny the synchronicities well, of life? Regan or Reagan? You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I wonder that what the odds of that are. <laughs> Synchronicity, isn't it funny? Isn't it yeah, funny? I mean, so we we use just so we can communicate when my clients get to the other side and they see their guide or angel, and I say, well, let's ask them, let's ask the guide's name so that we can communicate. And most of the time we get a name, but sometimes they'll just get something like, oh, uh, uh, you know, just call me Bob, you know, or something mm -hmm. silly like that. Or just like the name. In other words, I understand that you need to call me by a name, but it's, you know, we're, we're, we don't really care. But um, it is nice when sometimes people get there, like I'll say on the other side, I say, what do, when you're on the other side here, what do other souls call you? Or when you're home, which is we discovered that's the true home is the other side is mm -hmm. we're just visiting here, but home is the other side. And well, what's your name up there? And it's pretty cool when the clients get to get their spiritual name, you know, it just gives them something when they come back to think of themselves as this spiritual being. Mine was uh, Shanti, uh, Shanti, S-H-A-N-T-I, which I looked up later. Uh, and it was a name that they use on the uh, fifth, fifth plane or something like this, mm -hmm. uh, enlightenment or something like that. 
So remembering that we got to be careful when we use a truer name, like mine is a song. I hear I my my name is is comes out as a song for me. In other and words, your your heavenly name in a sense. My heavenly name. It comes out in a song. And like for you, you know, you're using your given name. It does sing ring true. You know, you have another name that if you go back and and you really call out your truer name, mm -hmm. you'll probably find that. And and I would suggest to your um your clients that when they get their truer name that they don't spread it around because then people can claim more owner like dragons when i'm working with the dra um the dragon family like my elder he that's not his true name but that's what he chooses me to call yeah. him as elder and that um and like you know like he said that he just told me my my truer dragon name and so with that, that, you know, as I'm talking to you, I'm talking to him <laughs> that, uh, that, you know, it, it's interesting when you get names like that, but when you get down into that secretive uh, soul family, we got to be careful how we spread that around. Yeah. Like um, in uh, Ekankar, when it's, when you want to have a, uh, your own mantra that fits you exactly. I mean, there's the Hu, H-U, which is a, an, an ancient name for God. It's actually interesting. The last client that I had on the other side, when we asked, she wanted to meditate, and we asked um, uh, what was the good mantra, and they gave her the Hu, you know, which was interesting. They said H-U. Um, so I thought that was good. That was kind of confirmation in my mm -hmm. own belief system. Um, um, but when you... Uh, sometimes they, they teach you how to get uh, your own mantra, you know, and then when you get it, you're just supposed to, you know, go within, be quiet and just, you know, into meditation and it'll come to you, you know, or hear you. And then they say, it's usually good not to share this with anybody because mm -hmm. it's your, it's your own thing. It's like keeping it pristine, you know, exactly. Because people can taint our light. They can taint our light. And and as you're talking, I was getting, you know, my goosebumps chills up and down my back. And that usually is that, you know, we're speaking a we're speaking the truth, which is love. And yeah. when they give us our uh, mantras and our names, it is speaking love. It is that sp spoken love. And when you you don't want to taint love when it's spoken of that divineness. Yeah, I think and, we all have our own unique frequency. In a sense, mm -hmm. and it changes from time to time. In other words, you you up frequency. In other words, the the more pure you get, or the more loving that you become, I think that frequency changes a little bit. That's why people it becomes less muddled. Yeah, and you I know, know muddled doesn't really fit here, but it, it mucked up, muddled. Uh, I don't know what the word is, but it fits kind of. It, well, it just yeah. one thing that I'm just now incorporating that I'm kicking myself for not doing this over the last five years that I've been doing this is um, uh, to have people stop for a minute and say, as you're in these places now, do you hear any sounds? And um, uh, mm -hmm. what I did with my last client is I'm starting to do this now. It was interesting because it was another confirmation of what I'd heard before in this world that when people are meditating sometimes and they get into that state, somebody will, they'll talk about hearing like a, a single note of a flute or mm -hmm. 
tinkling of uh, bells or something. And this client, she says, oh, I said, what, are you hearing any sounds in the background or anything? And she goes, oh, yeah, it's like uh, chimes, wind, wind chimes, mm -hmm. you know, that was just everywhere she went. There was a sound in behind her of these wind chimes. And I thought, I bet you that's why people here have that thing about wind chimes, like they'll hang them somewhere that when they hear those things happening, it's that sound of soul in a way. Mm -hmm. they're getting, and they're not consciously aware of it, but it's just something that draws them to that. You know. exactly exactly like kimberly said 100 percent. you know that it is and that's why like for me even if i wanted to sing my song of my mm -hmm. name i couldn't because it's so much of a light it's so much love light tones and that i've only heard the angels singing that 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 yeah. tune and yeah. Mm -hmm. that vibration it, it, it's a it's a it's a it's a vibration that i on this planet now i know it in my head i know it in my being but i can, i can't physically engage with it because it's um, not i'm my body is not at that vibration yeah some clients uh, when they've asked their uh, guide's name they can't pronounce it they could they try to sound it out and it sounds like some sort of song uh -huh. but in 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 our the way we interpret stuff and everything is very difficult for us. She says, well, I'm hearing it and I understand it, but I, I, I just can't get from that to actually, you know, like sometimes we try to spell it out or phonetically how it kind of sounds or something, you know. Exactly. So, and and that's where it's like I, I give a name. They ask my name of a guide and I'm like, ask them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's, I hear it, I know it, but yet at the same time, it yeah. is at that. And many of them, the, the guides that I have an understanding, and I'm being told this now, go back to the ancient languages. And those ancient languages have a pronunciation with the tongue or with the, with the, with the back of the throat and, yeah. or, you know, like the Spanish language, you know, or the, a lot of the other, like, it, it's just the way that the tongue rolls or that kind of stuff. And, and it is of the ancient languages that, that we cannot, it doesn't sing into our tones unless we're used to having that kind of tongue roll or that kind yeah. of um, way of, of our throat navigating those sounds. Yeah. And, you know, in the Bible, they have the story of the tower of Babel, Babel, whatever mm -hmm. you say. And at that time that they say that God, everybody was, at least from what I remember, everybody spoke the same language at that time. But then at that time, because of something they did wrong, that God made them all be able to not, you know, all different languages to not communicate, be able to communicate with each other. And I, uh, I'd always wondered what that was a metaphor for, or if actually something like that, you know, uh, happened. But I, I picture like when people speak in tongues sometimes in churches and things, and some people can understand that intuitively, you know, and I'm wondering if that goes more back to something. It like does. Something that was spoken before. It does. Know? It does. It, it does. <laughs> I'm just going to. Yeah. I'm wondering, like, if you were in church, have you ever been in a church where they spoke in tongues? I have not had that experience that I can think of. I've my been brother. in different places where I did have different, you know, people who were who were taken over by spirit. Yes, I don't know if I've been in a church that yeah. um, that has done that, but I um, 
I know like, that I've been around people who have spoken different language and it was of ancient language. Yeah. And a lot of times it's of, um, of the uh, star nation language, you know, and that's where a lot of our native language came from. The, the first, you know, our, our native Americans yeah. came from a lot of those languages from, from the ancients. Now, uh, and, and I get all these numbers mixed up, but now that they have some new photographs taken from the new telescope that's up there and they published the first ones this week. And it's like, you know, we, we thought we knew where the end of the universe kind of was. And now it just goes 30 times beyond what we just thought it did. Oh, you know? it, it's, 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 uh, we are just in, in the brink of, of understanding that we are the grain of sand, a grain of sand in the universe. That's it. Yeah. Uh, on the on this you know it, it, we are just literally a grain of sand and we can even be less than a grain of sand if we truly want to go into the bigger yeah. picture so and that's why you know i my clients sometimes ask on the other side well can they talk to god or something like that and they just get a snicker you know and they say well where's god and even people in this part of heaven that they're letting my people visit it's like you know, God is just, you know, where, where isn't the greater, right? Yeah. It's like, where is... it's like God is, a, is not a person, you know, he manifests sometimes through, I think through some beings or his, you know, his something. But um, as far as, you know, you find the getting and there's a throne and there's God on it and he goes, Hey, I'm, I'm God. How you, you know, how do you, how are you, you know? It's it, it, but on the other side, they just feel the presence at a deeper level. They feel the love and and kindness and compassion and everything. You know, we're we're kind of down in the what we call the the mud pit in a sense. But uh, the this this school of hard knocks, you know, mm -hmm. which is supposed to um, you know help us develop and fine tune ourselves. You know, exactly, exactly, and and that's one thing that that. I've I heard the other day and I'm going to kind of snag this from them. I honor them for for having this understanding, but I've also heard this in in a different way, but I like the way that this person worded it. That we are we came to this earth to find out how to love through struggle. Yeah. How to mm. love through struggle. And I've I put my own twist onto this knowing that when we're going forward in life, that when we can love through that, we can pers persevere through many hardships and we can go into, I think that's one reason why forgiveness is so hard because it is a form of love. It's a love for ourselves. And then it's that sending love to something that kind of makes it feel unlovable, you know? Yeah. Like, let's say somebody murdered your your child. How can you forgive and love somebody? And then there's people who can, and you wonder how they did that. How they well, did that? I know it's it's moving. It, it's it's uh, mind boggling. But yet, at the same time, though, if that is that definition of, I have love for you because you're human, and you've gone through something that made you go there in your life. You know, and I, I, I feel sorry that you had to go there in your life. And I cannot, I cannot say what you did is okay. 
yet I have an understanding and love for you because you're a human who has done something so tremendously wrong yeah. against someone who I love so dearly. When That's one of the things that I love about doing this work. Oof. When people are on the other side, uh, I have them ask the questions of why do I have this certain hardship? You know, why did I have to go through certain thing? Why, why, are, why did I get so much abuse in my life or something? And um, what they find out is that when they plan their life, they chose the difficulties a lot of times that they wanted to go through because that's how they're going to learn. So in other words, let's say you're going to college. Uh, you know, what would be the sense of taking classes about things you already know? You know, why would you spend four years and a hundred thousand dollars just going in there to just not do anything pretty much, but hear what you already knew. You take some classes that stretch you, you know, and some classes that you want to cuss that, well, how did you ever sign up? How did I ever sign up for this class? I can't, I don't understand. But you, if you have a good teacher or a good master at that thing in your classroom, a good teacher is going to force you to break through your barriers so that you can, you know, learn. And when people graduate, it, I love seeing graduations where they throw their hats in the air and they figure, oh, you know, I did it. I stuck to it. Now I've got all this knowledge, you know, and that that helps them to prepare to live life. So that's what people do down here. Um, you know, there's some. Which is sad when people have to go through the rapes and the abuses and the, and oh, the, and yeah. the alcoholic parents. And I, I can't name all the, you know, uh, being stolen as a baby, you know, uh, all these, like, I can't, I can't speak of them, all of them yet at the same time, though, we don't necessarily choose, choose those dramas, but sometimes when we get down here, we get into the human stew pot <laughs> of, of sometimes crap. And we end up in another mixture of life that we did not anticipate. But I pray that people who go through these really horrific scenarios can climb themselves out of it and, and see the grace that they can give to others who have gone through traumas and scenarios and, and get out of the, the, I don't want to call it victimhood because that's, that's dishonoring what we've gone through or they have gone through, I think people but know. it's pulling, it's pulling, yeah. it's pulling ourselves up out of the rabbit hole enough to see that there is light out there that we, we're not our, we're not our scenarios. And that's one thing that our guides and angels and, that they keep trying to bring us up out of those very sticky places that we want to stay in because our mind likes to stay there in the victimhood of life and the traumas of our life. And that's where we have been given. Like you have, you know, I have techniques and you have techniques of, of how to, you know, tap in different places to get rid of. And I, I know that other people use eye techniques to mm -hmm. help relieve scenarios. And, and there's ways of doing, that's why we've been given these ancient healing techniques to be able to get our physical body up and out of it. And it's us being willing to love ourselves enough 
to step up and out because our guides and our angels can only, you know, kick us in the butt a couple of times. And then they, they're going to say, you know, it's a human choice. It's yeah. a human choice. Well, one thing I found interesting too, is that even though soul, you, you a soul plan your life and the courses you want to take down here, the difficult courses to help you learn. Uh, it doesn't always mean you come down here and you get an A plus on your scorecard, you know, on your report card. I mean, uh, it's everything from uh, you from you did everything you should and you learned A plus and you're happy or you get somewhere in between. And there's some people that get that flunk their course. You know, they come down and they didn't send enough of their physical. They just send enough of their soul energy into the body and they're overwhelmed by how difficult it is here on Earth. And because of free choice, they get sidetracked and they get off course and and they blow it, you know, so mm -hmm. they get back to when they get back to their true selves on the other side. They're like fuming at themselves in a sense, like, what was I thinking? You know, like, oh, my God. And then they get to work with, uh, you know, do some more work and um, get some more advice up there. And then a lot of them will decide to, you know, after a certain time and after more studying and preparing themselves to come down, do it again. So the, this time to, you know, get a better grade, you know, but it's not all um, it's, it's just not all perfect. You know, it, it really isn't. And it is. It is, we are human doing human experiences. And, and that's where a lot of times our guides, you know, when when we have a, a buddy, I'm going to call it like my dad. My dad is my buddy. And our souls have done soul walk together. I don't know how many different times I've been his parent and, he, you know, vice versa and back and forth. I'm all up, up and down, inside and out, best friends, whatever. But there's many times where our friends in one lifetime will come down, be with us. We'll be in our, our lifetimes together. And then sometimes one will choose to stay back. So, you know, the, I put in the question, who is a guide? Well, a guide is somebody who right. can be anybody and everybody. My my dad, who was my guide in human form here, being my father, has turned into my guide in the spirit realm now that he's passed. Mm -hmm. And and, and that does uh, that mean that he's with me all the time? No, but he is in my life, especially in pertinent times where I, I'm needing the guidance. And like last summer when I was going to go through a big summer of major healing going on with my body, he was really in influential in language and and talking and being a part of that walk. And then as soon as I, I got my feet underneath me and I started walking forward, he went on and done did some other things. And that's when we're walking forward. And there's many times where I'm doing a session with someone and I know that, you know, they have a, a, a male figure because souls have a more male side or a female side feeling to them. Yeah. And, and that the soul may be more masculine feeling. And I can kind of see them as the past life that they were together. And so I'll explain this guy as he was in the life before so that, that the person who's having a session with me will recognize them in a soul form so that, because their soul will recognize a little bit of, of, oh yeah, I know, I, I have a knowing. I don't necessarily know, but I have a knowing, you know, as I go, I, I have that, my body knows a little bit more. My mind may not know, but my body has a knowing, my soul has a knowing. Mm 
of walking forward with this guide and, and they're here to help us. Yeah. Well, that's right. I've heard of uh, uh, even through some of my clients that <clears throat> that their guide or whatever had actually uh, come into the physical life as somebody that uh, was there to help them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the thing that in our conversation today that I think you and I both want people to know is from the research we've both done from personal experience and these thousands of cases, it appears that everybody has a guide, you know, or has something. Oh, words, hands down, <laughs> zillions. Right. <laughs> something like on the other side that um, uh, there's certain souls that up there now that are in training sit later on in their incarnations or something instead of coming down here or some other place to uh, evolve. Once they get to a certain point, they want to take on being a guide for other people or to help people or they want to be uh, able to help people in some way. That's what's so beautiful about the other side, because it's all about about uh, helping each other. Love and guidance. Love and guidance. Yeah. You know, um, one of my clients recently um, and instead of being before the council, she found herself sitting on the council with the council, you know. We're telling her that, you know, through her thousands of lifetimes, you know, this is where she's at right now. And now she had some other goals that she wanted to fine tune. So she came back in the human body. Uh, but, um, you know, she was uh, very, uh, you know, very sweet person. Very, you could just tell just a loving, a loving being. And that was very interesting, you know, how, uh, you know, she was right there on the council with them and just talking to like her peers about, you know, with her questions about her life and that. Mm-hmm. you know um we we in this human form limit ourselves more than our soul ever wants us to yeah you know this whole and this whole work i've done it's you know because growing up catholic we had saints and people would pray to the saints well then there's some christian face that broke off from that that said no that's sacrilegious you only speak to jesus and that's it you know or write to god or jesus because you know god doesn't need any intermediaries he doesn't need any helpers you talk to him Okay, oh, fine. But, you know, the way you really, when you see how things really work, as we're finding out now, that these saints or these people are just another thing for people that, are, you know, souls that have evolved enough to reach down and help us when we have a need. Guide us. And, that's, mm-hmm. and God has all, allows us to do all that because in doing that, we learn, we become more godlike, we become, you know, uh, better, uh, better lovers, you know, of the world. Uh, by by giving to others. And so mm-hmm. it allows uh, souls in heaven to be of service to, to people. Exactly. And the one thing that I always picture, because I can honor people who are in that belief system, just like I need a friend sometimes to help me, you know, do something that many times we need guides to help us because Jesus and Mother Mary and, and, and if we want to use the word God, uh, the you know, I know that God is energy, yet at the same time, though, in in a sense, sometimes there's something more physical that needs to happen. Yeah. You know, like I've had things where, uh, where I'm like kind of stressed out for the moment and all of a sudden I'll turn around and there'll be something that I really needed right in front of me. And the way that I understand God's energy, you know, that it's not, he can't, it, it can't get physical enough to move energy. Too expansive. 
It's like Metatron or, or Celestial trying to come down on this earth. No, they are energy out there that they they have a hard time coming down into our vibration where Michael, Archangel Michael, has been able to take human form once in a while and can get more down in the physical realm to where it can help us maneuver. That's why we have earth angels. The earth angels are more able to be down here on, on earth. And they're the ones that you see who step in between, let's say, if somebody's walking down the street and all of a sudden you see the person flying out of the way of the car, you know, because the earth angel picked them up and flew them out of the way of the car. I've heard of some fantastic things like that. You know, yeah. And, or our guides and, and some of our guides are earth angels. So there is different vibrations in our knowings to help us go forward in our life. And, it, and, and it's partly believing that we do have help. Like for me, I have house angels and I ask the house angels, you know, like if I hear a noise in the middle of the night, I check in with my house angels. Okay. What was that? Oh, you're safe. Okay. Thank you. You know, because you, you just never know what is happening. And, and I go to who knows. My her, house angels know because they're the protectors. Now, if the if the fae are in that house angel combination, then so be it. You know, I, I'm not attached to that kind of language, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yep. So everybody has an angel. So if you want to start communicating with them the first thing you do is just to well in a sense you could even look up or whatever just give you something to do here and just say look um i guess i have an angel i don't know who you are maybe even help me or not but hey i'm ready to uh any guidance you can help me in my life or whatever i'm open and as soon as you you make that connection emotionally to yourself you're going to begin to um it might come as a form of intuition, like it's almost like a whisper to your mind. You go, wow, how did I come up with that idea that I just thought, you know, uh, or um, you may have a vision or something in, a, in meditation. Um, and um, before we close too, because I know we only got a couple of minutes too, um, just to know more about, see the, the best uh, thing I've seen online about mediums is that uh, Netflix that came out last year called Surviving Death. We talk about it a number of times in this program. It's got, it's, I think it's five different hours of series, but a few of them there are on mediums. And you you get to see the history of them and, and what mediums do, get to understand them more. But also um, you get to see them working and how magnificent they are with some people in these different things that it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just really, really uh a good show, you know, that way. And and what I do, if you go to uh, Gaia, G-A-I-A, I think it's five or six bucks a month, something like that. But they have they have hundreds of things about stuff you won't see anywhere else. But there's two uh, documentaries on the work that I do on there. Uh, one's called uh, The Flip Side and the other's called Hacking the Afterlife uh, by Richard Martini. And uh, mm -hmm. in there, he's he really has done his research on mediums and on He's actually uh, videotaped over 60 sessions, life between life sessions from us Newton Institute people. And uh, and he's been to the other side six, and back six times now. So he knows that this is all real, but he's actually made some good documentaries about it. You know, also a good book to read 
about what the work that I do is the first book that Michael Newton uh, wrote in 1995, sold over a million copies. Uh, it's called Journey of Souls. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that book, you can read these case histories and get an idea. Matter of fact, Natasha, is there a good, been a really definitive book that you've read on mediums that's like to someone who's wanting to kind of understand more about mediumship and how it works? Anybody done one? Um, you know, I like John Holland. Uh, he's got good integrity. Now, you got to remember, I'm very dyslexic. And so me going to books for this information right. has not always been my first go-to. I literally will pick up a book and read like a page or yeah. two of it. But I have not really been one that that goes to one. So I... I I'm going to take the disclaimer hey, on this, that one. <laughs> one for you too. Natasha's going to be, uh, she's in Washington. I'm in San Francisco area and she's going to be visiting here uh, in the middle of August. So anybody, I'm excited. Yeah. Anybody that sees this, that maybe wants a session or something from Natasha, uh, just get a hold of her. She did, you can see there, angelicclarifications.com and set up uh, one because she's, she's going to be sitting around the pool here a little bit and doing some hiking maybe and seeing some San Francisco things. But just time to see a few clients and stuff too that uh, would be good. Of course, it, you know, like always, you do your your sessions right over the phone or on Zoom. Anywhere. Anywhere and everywhere. I I I've been known to to have. I can have. I can. I've been in a lunchroom with 150 kids, and all of a sudden a message message comes through, and I'm able to give it. So I'm not attached to. Yeah. Who, what, where, when? <laughs> I, I kind of see myself as like the uh, what is it, the New York uh, medium? Uh, what oh, is, Long Island medium. Long Island. That's who kind of I tend to be. The other day, I was giving messages left and right to people. You know, through, wow. I mean, like, that's uh, quite a responsibility there. Uh, yeah, I was driving. I was garage sailing, and there was a police officer that was parked across the street, and I'm like going. Do I really have to <laughs> drive across the street and drive up to a stranger to give them a message? And they said, no, you don't okay. have to. And I go, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we have to talk more about that because I think people are really, it, it's, it's coming of age now, you know, mediumship, <sighs> where people are seeing that, yeah, you know, like a few bad apples kind of spoil the barrel, but that's the same thing with in my profession. You get a few uh, bad past life progressionists and, uh, and then the people, you know, don't believe in anybody, but they're the good ones and the bad ones out there. To get a hold of me, uh, anybody watching this, if you would like to hear more or talk more about having a life between life session, which is where I help you reach a deep state of trance, either on Zoom or in person, uh, about 90% people can do this. And um, I can talk to you about that. And, uh, uh, you know, if you'd like to visit heaven for a couple hours, I can tell you how it's, it's happening. It's, you know, 70,000 strong now. And, uh, and then to get a hold of you, Natasha, now, again, why don't you just let them know how you can have a, now do you do half hour sessions, hour sessions? I I can do a half hour session. I do have kind it actually on my books, but yeah, I have found that with where life is going lately, if a somebody who is, I see regularly, sometimes yeah. a half hour session goes because it's an ongoing moment. Yeah. Yeah. But most of the time, it turns out to be an hour session because there oh, yeah. is so much information oh, yeah. to yeah. come through right now. It's amazing. But you can reach me at angelicclarifications.com. 
and uh, or you can email me at natasha at angelicclarifications.com and you're gonna be I, I am so grateful because you can see our shows on um, Facebook, Natasha Venter Angelic Clarifications, or my YouTube channel, uh, Natasha Venter uh, Angelic Clarifications. And we have now a podcast. This uh, and other shows, I've, I'm downloading a lot of our older shows that are basically timeless. On uh, life, You can look for us on Life Clarifications uh, and uh I'm so excited about being able to spread our, our, our knowledge here. Yeah. So thank you all for coming. We will see you on Monday again for dance of the soul, four o'clock uh, Pacific time on Twitter. And, and, um, uh, well, not necessarily on Twitter anymore, but on, uh, my, uh, YouTube channel and, uh, Facebook. Facebook. And then I will be on Wednesday at four o'clock Pacific time, same station, same place. And if I don't have a guest, I'm usually on Instagram also that, um, I would be grateful to support you on that show, which is life clarifications with Natasha. Yeah. <laughs> so a little bit of, of an advertisement there and I apologize. <laughs> this well, new podcast thing, it's, it's, it's new and, it, and I'm excited for it because now I've, it's, we were able to reach more people because a lot of people don't get here as live. So, right. Yeah, that's great. So, so we'll see bless, you all next week. Yes. Blessings to all. And we will see you later. We hope that we are helpful to you and we can do private sessions to help you more personally. Yeah. Blessings to all. See you later. <laughs>